Hi, everyone. Welcome to Millennium Live, a digital diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. In this episode, we sit down with global business icon Rhonda Vatiri to discuss her career as a global CIO and CTO and the role of technology in the digital transformation workforce. Rhonda shares with us her passion for marathon running, sports, and insights into her fantastic new book, Grit and Grind, The Ten Principles for Living an Extraordinary Life. Thank you for having me. This is fabulous. Excellent. So you've created such a fantastic and successful career. Um, How have you done it? And what are you striving for in 2019? What am I striving for in 2019? I am striving to make a difference in the world, no matter what that is. That's awesome. Overall, around the world. So I'm striving for that. And that could be in multiple, in business and personal, to make a difference. And how have I created the career? It's been hard. It's been grit and grind. It's been toughing it out in hard situations, which is really interesting because and it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard work throughout the multiple industries, financial, insurance, telecom, retail, all the different industry verticals. But rewarding. But very rewarding. I'm having a great time. Fantastic. And you know, that's what you should be doing. So as an iconic business leader, how have you seen the role that technology has changed the way we work, especially in large enterprises like the ones you have led? Well, technology has helped automate, whether it's the back office, it's helped our consumer journey internally, externally. It's been an interesting change of the world as the technology has evolved. So I'll give you an example. How we work is very key on how we instant message each other. Mm -hmm. Technology has enabled that, has enabled us to be more efficient and how precise we are in communicating so much so we expect instant responses and gratification which is an interesting within itself and how technology has evolved everyone expects instant gratitude and responses so i've seen that and the consumer journey has been very very interesting on the retail perspective on how we work and how we shop yeah how we do everything now how we do everything down to our day-to-day lives (laughs) so as a change agent um, who has led digital transformation at, at a number of global companies. What are the key components in order for a, a company to, as you said last night, truly transform, not just say we're, you know, we're digital? Good buzzword these days. Truly <laughs> transform. What is digital? It used to be what is cloud? But truly do it. What's the return on investment? I think it's key in the boardroom when you're actually asking for the technology investment and what you're trying to do. What is the business outcome? To truly transform, Nick, it's what are you trying to do, how, what's the return on investment, and how are you enabling the business to do something more easy and efficiently, not just a cost play, and enable internally and externally, and and sustainable model. That's a key to truly transform. That is the key. Uh, Switching gears a little bit, so you're a fantastic mentor and role model to future generations of business leaders, but especially female trailblazers. I'm sure you get asked the question at least 10 times a day, how can I be as successful as you and how do I do it? Uh, what is your advice to you know, the next generation of you know, female business leaders? Get out there, be mobile, be yourself, 
keep to your moral compass and actually just be you and drive for results. Performance and metrics speak for themselves. That's great advice. Maybe I can take that as well. Um, So you're famous for being up at 4.30 in the morning and running marathons. And How do you fit in all your passions – um, the fitness resume and you know your successful career all in one day. You have, I call it, one thousand four hundred and forty coins a day. How you use them is very. It's like a currency. So I schedule everything out precisely. I get up, work out. I have this Training Peaks app. I look at it every day. Uh, meeting time, mental time. It sounds crazy. I don't run with anything in technology, but I have my mental blocks and time and in time to actually think, which I think is important and actually schedule everything. I'm a very cadence driven person for, I guess that's the, the triathlon perspective. And by not running, by not, you know, listening to anything, you were talking about this last night, does that, do you feel just, you know, your mind at ease and, you know, just Mm. relaxing as well as thinking? Mental, mental, activation, meditation, I call it my active meditation zone. Uh So some folks get that from yoga, some folks get it from different areas. I get that from running without any technology or swimming or biking, not hearing anything. And I I strategize, thinking, that's my quiet time. Interesting and great great advice. Um, How does your passion for marathons and triathlons and ultra marathons um, really transform and help you as a you know when you're in the office or you're around the globe as a business leader. It helps a lot. Just the fire in the belly, getting up, knowing that you are having to do a race. I think that you have to train for it, be prepared. You can't just show up and not be prepared because you could end up in the hospital in some of these these yep. these races, and I've seen that happen to folks. So you train, you be prepared. It helps me in the business because you show up to meetings prepared. It's a, it's a cadence. It's, life is a transition like in triathlons and so is work. You have this cadence and you get into it and you know, okay, the, the results. I have to – life is a marathon, not a sprint. I often use those analogies because digital transformation takes time. It's not, oh, you wake up tomorrow and it just happens. It's like a race. You're training, you're prepping, and you're prepping, and you pivot and you go. You fail hard and fail fast. And you have to keep pushing like in a race keep pushing. when it hurts. Right, exactly. So last night you gave a fantastic keynote to our uh, assembly. Uh, thank you for that. Um, you talked about the importance of putting down our phones and having conversations um, with people. How have you seen phones um, and, you know, all our devices change the workplace and, you know, how C-suite executives engage? I've seen it. Good and bad. So the phones from when you have a production issue, it's very, you'll know it right away, which is great. If you can't ship product or supply chains down, you know that, or can't do a financial transaction. Instance, you know that production issues in the back office or front. But I've also seen it take away from a conversation that folks need to be able to look ourselves in the eye and have these crucial conversations and tough conversations a text message with technology, I've seen that often people are trying to resolve problems in a text, and a message sent is never a message delivered on a technology or phone. And this is a lost art to be able to look each other in the eye these days or on just to talk. 
think about how many people are trying to solve problems looking down. Mm -hmm. That's you're not looking up. You're not looking up. You're not looking around. You're not taking in the the nonverbals. You can't. How how are folks feeling? Because you can you can tell in a text you can't. And it's the same with you know if you're on holidays and you know taking photos and not you know it's just experiencing where you are. Right. Taking it in. I think folks need to just put their phone down and have that moment where you just say, I'm going to have a conversation and interact and just know that's your, your time to have, be, be, be present. Couple of questions on that. So one, do you, you know, in meetings, do you have a, you know, no cell phone, you know, no phone or computer, you know, policy, you know, rule. Um, and two, what is, you know, we hear a lot of studies about, oh, uh, you know, I put my phone down after nine o'clock so I don't touch mm. it. You know, there is health warnings now. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do and what's, you know, your advice? In meetings, no laptops put to the side. When people are in meetings with laptops, I can't stand folks multitasking. So I do have a silent role. Even if someone tries to bring into a staff meeting, put it away, put the phones down, something happens, understand production, but let's not beyond that. So folks know that. I think it's important to be present. Mm-hmm. Um, my device, I don't put it in the other room, the work one, the personal one. I, I'm not one of those folks, but um, if it goes off for an issue, I do have it because of the technology. And I think that it's important. There are studies, but I'm not one to put it in the, the those little cases or anything. Like I have, I have it. I'm just mm-hmm. not constantly looking at unless it goes off and I will respond. Mm-hmm. I respond. I love when people reach out, but I yeah. have to get sleep too. Exactly. Um, so, you know, it's everyone's different. So everyone's different style or not, you know, follow the rule that one person right. you know has come up with. Correct. Don't know what works for you. I think that's my biggest advice. Yeah. Know what works for you with your phone with how you want to sleep, some folks check out and say, I need eight hours of sleep. I'm not that person. Um, I, I tried to, but that's how could... That's <laughs> when you're hard. up at 4.30, it gets challenging. Who could, uh, I wish I could say that we get eight hours a day. That's not our life. Yeah. You just have to block it out and understand and plan it. I do plan which evening events to go to. I know it sounds crazy, but that's how you plan things. Yeah, that's good advice. So... You've spoken at many, you know, conferences and events, you know, with different groups around the world. Um, you've been here at, at the Digital Transformation East Assembly. What is, you know, kind of your overall takeaway of your experience here? I like, the, I, the intimacy is amazing. How it's a great group. It's not too big. It's not too small that you can have conversations that everyone is going through the digital transformation, we're all on the same journey. We're at different points in different companies that we all learn from each other. But I like, Nick, kudos to you and your team. And I'm not just saying this. I mean it from my heart that you can walk in the hallway and stop mm-hmm. and you can have a conversation with anyone. And that's what I really, really enjoy is the interaction, is the interaction. And that is priceless, precious, however you want to say it, that we can just walk in going for a meeting and you, yes, you'll get sidetracked because you'll have conversations and yeah. some folks will think, why aren't you here? But you're actually doing other things that are even, it's important to have those conversations that you wouldn't have. Yeah. And why is, you know, is that important for, you know, executives who 
you know, of large enterprises and under under pressure. Mm. Um, and you know, even the cyber folks, you know, dealing with you know the risks and. Mm-hmm. Um, but why is it important, you know, to get out of the office and you know, and what do you get out of it? I think it changes your mental model. Some folks get so tied up and vertically down, they don't mm-hmm. look up and see what's going on around the world. You get that out of different perspectives that you don't just get into into it so much that you don't understand what's going on in the industry. A lot of folks lose sight of that. Yeah. They really do. And it's important to get out for a day and a half and know at least six months to a year, I will see my industry peers at this event. And not conference to conference. That's not, that's not, that's not, you you have quality time. Yeah. Not these large events that you don't talk to anyone, that you're just shuffling around. Right. So with everything you do around, around the world, you're traveling a lot. I hear over 260 days last year in 2018. Um, what do you enjoy most about traveling and how does it help you, you know, with all your success? Traveling for work, understanding the different cultures has helped learning how to deal with people. And it's been very enlightening. And that's a key to getting out of your comfort zone, learning people, how people do different, how they work different in different cultures has been wonderful yeah. to understand and to drive results in different regions. Learn that a lot through working and traveling. It's not just to travel to travel. It's travel to, to work and be present. Excellent. So you've just written this fantastic book that we have here, Grit and Grind. Congratulations. Um, it came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, in it, you talk a lot about teaching people how to forge their own path and make a difference. Can you share one story about someone, you know, either in the book or that you've had that experience with recently? that have made a difference? That's a great question. Had someone come into the office and say, I just looked at her nonverbals and a gentleman and they weren't happy. They just had a bad day. They just came in and they were just going through the cycles. I said, what's going on? And they just paused. I said, oh, you picked up on that. What's happening? Tell, Tell me what's really going on. So they disclosed some information and I said, well, if you're not happy, let's change it. Mm-hmm. That was a pivotal moment, just learning how to have a tough conversation in the heat of the battle, in the moment, and we actually moved them to another role and had a conversation. It was great. It was rewarding for both fronts. Fantastic. And that's not in the book. That just <laughs> happened. There's plenty in the book. Um, what did you enjoy most you know, and learn about you know, through the whole process of when you decide to write the book, writing the book, and you know, now it's, it's out in the world? What I learned the most is it's hard to self-reflect with everything that has happened to write down the stories. I learned that a lot. Mm-hmm. Those stories, those are um, in the book at all pivotal moments in time in the world. A lot of my friends and family, all my friends and family didn't know a lot of that. They didn't even know I was doing the book. So I learned how to self-reflect and, and learned even more. And the heart and soul is in that book. And it goes back to giving back. Yeah. So in uh, Grit and Grind is you're based a lot around 10 principles for living an extraordinary life. Uh, one that really stood out to me, especially in 2019, um, is when the world's going so fast and there's everyone's so busy and there's so much happening, the importance of being on time. Mm. Um, why is this so important? And what lessons you know, do you share from the, the book? 
Being on time is like currency. Time is what we have, and it's precious. 1,440 coins a day. That's going to stick in my head now. It's a key metric. <laughs> How will you spend them? How do you spend your time? That's, people don't need to think like that. Are you, are you making a difference? Are you, what are you doing with it? How do you, are you training? Are you making business results? It's, it's very, very important to be, show up, be on time, be prepared. I think it's a lost art. We've gotten into a society where 15 minutes fashionably late. Yeah. It's 15 minutes a day is the meetings just keep compiling and compiling and compiling. No one wants to do that. And everyone gets frustrated. So manage the clock. Again, it probably comes back to the training, to a cadence that folks know one minute. It, the bell goes off at 8. 8 o'clock, we're going. It sounds crazy, but folks really respect it deep down. Because mm-hmm. time's important. And you can lose that and then, you know, and then you're stressed because you don't get everything done. Right. So we've got a few rapid-fire questions for okay. you. Yeah, we'll, we'll hit, these, hit these and have some fun. What's your next exciting adventure? The Shape um, Half Marathon and then an Ironman 70.3 in May. Where's the Ironman? That one is in Florida. Interesting. Which part of – this is just coming off. Which part of a triathlon or Ironman do you enjoy the most? The swim. The swim. The swim, it's the first, it's the first leg and it's the, the hardest because I grew up swimming. I was reading. What, what did you swim? The butterfly. Okay. That was. That's tough. That was my, that, I, the butterfly and the freestyle. I just, I love the water. It's tranquility. Excellent. Uh, what's the biggest challenge you've ever faced? When to know when to leave a job. In the Ironman 70.3 in Bahrain, Which Middle one? East, <laughs> both of those, personally and professionally. Yeah, you're an avid sports fan. Yes, very. What is your favorite sport? Football. Okay, Let's American talk fo- football. Thank you. <laughs> American football. Yeah. The Washington Redskins are okay. And the NFL teams. That's my goal. I want to be in sports. What about outside America? Soccer. Uh-huh. The global game. The global game. I like the full contact, back and forth. I like that. The, the atmosphere, the passion of the fans. The noise. Yeah. The noise, the camaraderie. What if, is there one athlete that inspires you and why? Daryl Green, number 28, Washington Redskins. <laughs> very fast. He inspires me because he was so quick and he was ahead of his game. Long time back then. I'm going to date myself. He's, he's just always inspired me, and he's gone back to give back to charities and do great for the world. That's fantastic. As a successful marathon runner, what is your favorite race? Favorite race was probably the hardest one, the Bahrain, because of the atmosphere, the 70.3 triathlon. It was hard to get there, the logistics and, yep. and doing it. It was, it was fun. It was hard. A little, little different aspect, but what technology is going to have the biggest impact in 2019? Automation, artificial intelligence, hopefully in the in healthcare. What is your favorite inspirational quote? I always say, and I love this: "If you can't take care of your yourself, you can't manage a team." What do you enjoy most about being an active user 
you know, with social media as a business executive? You can learn very quickly by scanning what's going on in the pulse of the pulse of what's happening around you. Number one place in the world for a holiday to unwind. St. Bart's. Number two. Italy, Positano. <laughs> Not a bad option. Lastly, and then we'll just talk about the book a little more. What is your favorite part of working with the Millennium Alliance? The intimacy, the conversations. I really enjoy it. The dialogue. I, I, I love the dialogue and the transparency, the candidness. Grid and Grind. It's a fantastic read. Everyone should read it. Why should people read it? And how, how can it help people? Thank you for asking, Nick. It's not your average book. It's a lot of what people have lost sight of. It's ho- talking about how things are hard mm-hmm. and the 10 principles of communication. Anyone, any age group, anyone can read and pick up something from this. That's the goal. Uh, hopefully someone has a takeaway, whether it's time, communication, preparedness, and there's stories in all of them. And there's, there's nuggets in there. If we could change one thing, if someone walks away with one thing, I'll be happy in their life. That's fantastic. Rhonda Vettieri, thank you very much for joining us. It's been great talking with you, working with you, um, and we appreciate the message you you shared with everyone at the Assembly and all of our viewers. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you, Nick. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out our other interviews exclusively on Digital Diary.